Welcome back to episode 9 of the Time Capsule Podcast. So it's been a while since I've posted a podcast, say like four or five months actually. Um, Lots of positive life changes have happened on my end, which have uh, kept me from pursuing passion projects like this one. But now, feel some stability in my life. We're back, guns a-blazing, fired up, ready to go. And I would love to introduce to you my good friend, Jared Salewski. So Jared went to De La Salle High School in Warren, Michigan. From there, he attended Rollins College in Winter Park, Florida, uh, which is a suburb of Orlando, and there he played lacrosse. From Orlando, Jared entered into the corporate world and moved to Dallas, Texas, and he spent some time in Dallas and San Francisco, and now he resides back home in Michigan with his beautiful girlfriend, Leah. So Jared's a busybody. He's the type of guy who's going to wake up at 5 a.m. to work out, spend some time reading and meditating, and then write out his goals for the day. He's super passionate about building a legacy for himself and his future family, and very notably, intends to give back to the world as well. He's insightful, he's kind, he's intelligent, and he's motivated. So this was a pretty fun conversation. I I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. Uh, Without further ado, cue episode 9. And we are live, back at it. Here we are. Jared, how you doing, man? Fantastic, buddy. How you doing? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. It's been a, it's been a long time since I've uh, done a podcast here, but um, I'm very excited to have you on the show, man. Yeah. No, I'm excited to be here. It's been a minute since we've seen each other. Almost, a, it's been a year now. I've been back home in, in Michigan, which is crazy. Very crazy. Yeah. Uh, what, what was so cool is that you and I met in Dallas, of course. Sure did. We met when we were working for Oyo. What an adventure. What an adventure. Uh, my goodness. We'll, we'll dive into that. Yeah. I'm sure we will. <laughs> Big section of this. Big we'll definitely. <laughs> Big section. Yeah. Um, uh, but it was so cool though, just being down in Dallas and finding somebody also from Michigan. Cause I, I don't know what it is, but people from Michigan have this like crazy, crazy love and, uh, you know, patriotism for their state, you know? And so when they meet people from Michigan, they just, they connect. I couldn't have said it better. I think there's, there's something special about this place. And I love to consider it like the hidden gem among some of the 50 states, you know? Oh yeah. You can, I mean, there's great states in the Midwest, the East, the South, but there's special, something special about this place. Very special. I I couldn't have said that better myself. Yeah. (laughs) So dude, uh, I, I think I've asked you this before. I can't entirely remember, but have you ever done a podcast before? No, dude. First one. How are you feeling? Nervous? Excited? A little bit. The nerves are there, without a doubt, right? You got a microphone, just you and I. Yeah. Chilling. But no, I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be... I love the idea of documentation, right? Big preaching on it, but have I done it? No. So it's like, it's it's been it's going to be a really interesting ride to see this, you know, when we're done, when it's chopped up to, you know, five, ten years from now. I think it'll be cool. Dude, I, I love that. I love that that's what you, you recognize and acknowledge that. Because I think that uh, people don't um, necessarily focus on documentation as much as they necessarily should. Like, for instance, the, the purpose of this podcast, as you know, was to give you a high quality piece of audio that you could go back and listen to and reflect on 20, 30, 40 years down the road. Mm-hmm. But I've been taking that same approach personally, more so honestly with my Instagram. Okay. Uh, Tell me more. Like, I, I want to 
use it as a source to document friends and places mm. I've traveled and been. So when I have kids someday, like your, your story page, yeah, yeah, they can go back and reflect on it. You know, so I love that you go down this path, and I can't take full credit. I stole this one from the Gary, you know, Gary V, right? Okay. But the thought process is the reason why I really want to get heavy into documenting is everything you're saying, but it taking it down to the more granular of imagine your grandkids being able with virtual reality everything that's getting developed today mm. being able to sit right next to you like dude my grandkids could like almost pull this up and hear their grandfather's wow. voice and like be in the room with them see my mannerisms see who i was at 25 years old and what the state of the world was who was president like wow think about that like that i think is invaluable dude like no money in the world can replace or like give you that you can't tell because i'm fully clothed but i've got goosebumps actually <laughs> i'm not kidding i do it's something i think about quite a bit and i just i don't i don't know what the hesitation is to do it right maybe it's it's i think for sure the insecurity the fear of others judgment whatever but hesitation in regards to what to doing this do a podcast right like oh. anyone could be like oh you know jared and derek are sitting on a podcast oh cool sure. guys but like no nah, dude like if you understand the reasons why you do it it's worth it because that's how i see it i'm like again imagine if you were able to gift that to your kids and grandkids of like forever a token of great grandpa or whatever they call me right like yeah man and and to that point i reflect back on it you know my my uh, grandparents were right off the boat from russia and poland and then on my mom's side uh, they were from a small small town in michigan called breckenridge michigan maybe you've heard of it most people haven't no. Uh, but nonetheless, I, I don't have a lot of documentation from them. I don't have a lot of home videos. Uh, they don't have, there's not an insane amount of photos of them, you know? Mm -hmm. And so growing up, I recognized that I would have loved to see them a little bit more and gotten to know them from that aspect a little bit more. So and no, just to be clear, we're talking about your mom's parents, your dad's parents? Both. God's eye. Both. Gotcha, gotcha. Right. But, but with that, that point being said is that, Hey, we're, we're conscientious about it, and that's what we want to do for our, our future generations down the line. So. Which I think is so cool. Like, yeah. we get to be able to gift that. Right, right. It's a gift. But you even, know? I'll even say this, right? And I'm sure we're going to get into relationships at some point. Who knows what questions you have prepared for me today. <laughs> right. Um, but Leah and I, we, we got a Polaroid camera. And, like, take oh, cool. a little Polaroids on trips like this. Right? We're going to Grand Rapids. It's a two, you know, two and a half hour drive, but cool little momentum. Same theme, though. Like, we get it handed down. To our kids, grand, excuse me, grandkids that are like, oh, cool, you guys, this year, that date, this is what you're doing. Like, it's right. that insight to like how we lived life, which is such a cool, cool piece. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's that uh, little window in, into a, a wrinkle in time, in a sense, you know. For so. sure. Polaroids are making a comeback, dude. I've, I've been seeing those more. Mm hmm. We're making a comeback. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely the trendy thing. <laughs> yeah. I'm not against trendy things, obviously. I mean, me neither. <laughs> if we're being honest. You gotta stay in the know. Exactly. You know? So, uh, I guess we, we pretty much touched on my first question, which I didn't even ask. It just came out naturally, which was where you're from. Uh, but maybe tell us a little bit more about specifics in terms of hometown. Yeah. So born on the east side of Michigan. So, you know, Michiganers like to throw up the, the hand and throw it, you know, show you where and mm -hmm. where in the state. But Macomb, Michigan, born and raised. Um, fortunate to go to a private school my whole life. So St. Lawrence, DLSL, shout out pilots. Um, went down to school in Florida. But yeah, born and raised Macomb, Michigan. Very cool. Okay, so why did you go to Florida and where did you go to Florida in school? Yeah, so I went to school called Rollins College. It's a small Division II liberal, liberal arts college. 
got recruited to go play ball down there. So I was fortunate to play lacrosse down there. Okay. Um, funny enough, one of my sister's good friends, my neighbor, two houses down, she played basketball there. Uh, my captain in lacrosse, my freshman sophomore year end up being my captain down there too so he went down there no so way. just these like yeah kind of crazy connections <laughs> of like a small school you wouldn't think about it um they're just one of the first ones to recruit me and if yeah. you've ever seen the campus or go down there it is a country club on steroids so it's beautiful beautiful um the school is great it just it was a right fit i didn't want to go to a big school and be in an auditorium with 200 and some people like sure. i wouldn't have learned right again saying you know like i said earlier i went to a private school my whole life right so small one-on-one connections is how i i was held accountable how i better learned etc so i was like it just ended up being such a good match so what was your your largest class size down there and what did you major into yeah majored in economics large class size of about 36 people and that was my calc class wow so that's like still a, a very Worst grade ever by the way Oh, calc? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I love numbers. That's the crazy part. It's just calc didn't, didn't compute. No pun intended. Oh, math's tough, man, for yeah. a lot of people. I mean, uh, but but with that, though, that I feel like I didn't have that opportunity, really, to have such intimate class sizes mm-hmm. so consistently for four mm-hmm. years, you know? Sure. Um, would you say that that gave you, enabled you to, to make deeper relationships and connections with classmates and with professors? Uh, what, what were the pros of going to a smaller liberal, liberal arts college for you? I would say there's really none of that. I would say there's so many benefits to it in the sense of it's expanding your horizons, right? Like I've met so many people from different countries, different cultures, different backgrounds, low income housing to like billionaire kids. Like sure. it was just a mix, right? So I think you learn to understand where you come from and appreciate what the differences between people i think is huge for liberal arts college i mean cuban talks about it mark cuban right mm. he, he said it publicly a couple of times he thinks that those with the liberal arts backgrounds will go further in the world because their ability to change and understand and have empathy right so for me i think that was the biggest thing in terms of class size things like that i mean it's all what you make of it if you go to a michigan michigan state big auditoriums you got to commit to the work regardless you got to yeah. commit to the work the same way Sure, I might have had better access to my teachers, you know. Sure. Coordinating with group projects, probably easier, sure. Um, but I don't know if there's a massive benefit outside of that, to be truthful. So, no, that's pretty, that's an interesting uh, take in perspective, though. So, it gave you a high level of exposure to different people mm-hmm. with all different socioeconomic backgrounds, cultural backgrounds. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, it, it taught you to be very, very adaptive. In, in many different scenarios and situations in life so i think there, yeah, there's cool. just different life lessons that are baked into the educational system that again aren't outwardly exposed or taught or like this is the benefits but going through it i think those are the big takeaways for sure so hot button topic Hit it. what is your thought on uh the utility and the value of college today because i'm sure you know you're, you're very much in the know and mm-hmm. with everything uh, a lot of people are preaching don't don't send your kids to college if they don't need to you know don't don't waste all that money on a degree because college is the tuition's raising like two percent every single year year over year over year sure it's it's becoming not affordable to where you could just learn these skills by going to the library and picking up a book so what's your take we live in an age of information right we have the guy joke and say google's your mother it really is right like you can figure out anything from typing in google and and committing to learning something a skill whatever i think it's 
I try to make a lot of my life binary, black and white as much as I can from an understanding, right? I think in this one, it can be binary. There's people that should definitely go and value whether it's the extension of adolescence they need to go through, learn social skills, communicate, learn what it's like to be on your own, whatever. There's tremendous value in that. Um, and there's some people that this all school systems have failed them and they should not go. Whether, again, people our age or in our generation of the serial entrepreneurs, like they don't, they can't be in schools. It's not going to make sense, right? But other people does. So I, I think there's this two schools of thought. I think it comes down to self-awareness. It doesn't make sense for you. Like what is your value of getting out of it, right? And I think for me it, that I didn't do well at was understanding and building all those relationships. Mm-hmm. I think if you go to college and you you put a lot of your time and energy into relationships and really connecting with people, I think that's the juice that like gets you further. Not oh, I got a 4.0 to, you know, this school at an economics degree. Sure. I mean, but my theory in that is if you're not at a top 10, top 15 university, you're going to, you know, be an investment banker in New York or whatever, you're going to grad school. I just think it's a piece of paper. I really do. It's it's a qualification that you can argue is the fallback upon sure. theory, but I no, I don't know. So, so I, I'm inclined to agree with that. Uh, in the sense that I think one, yeah, it depends on the kid, mm-hmm. you know, so some kids are, are very predispositioned in the sense where they're, they're self-starters, they're self-motivated. Uh, and if, if they want to go into business, they don't necessarily need to go to college to get a business degree. Right. But then you have, uh, the other half of that where a kid is set in stone on becoming a doctor or a lawyer. You need to, 100%. you know, 100%. So, I don't want my doctor not going to school for 8, 10 years, yeah, you know? exactly. Right. So so there's two sides of the equation. I I think personally when it comes down, it just comes down to your motivations, like you said. 100%. You know, your, your purpose for going. And, and, and guess what? Some kids need those four years to figure that out. And mm-hmm. guess what? You and I are still figuring that out, right? There's no, that's not enough time, but I, that's why I call it like the extension of adolescence. I think it's a yeah. good playground test, try things, screw up. And there's safety nets there, right? Like it's a safe play. Yeah. So that's kind of how I view it. And maybe that's, we're biased because we're already done with it and we can look back and say it. But if you ask 18 year old Jared, like, dude, I don't know what I want to do with my life. I'm, you know, turning 26. I still don't really know what I want to do. So likewise, man. Exactly. So I I think there's good to it. There's bad to it. Just figure out what can you get out of it. 100%. And there's an intangible aspect of college in the sense that I think that it teaches you uh, how to balance time. Mm-hmm. You're being pulled in so many different directions. Like maybe you're part of a youth group and you have a social life, but you have to study and you have to sleep and maybe you're playing a sport and you have to figure out how to like work in laundry. You know, it, there's mm-hmm. just so many different balancing priorities that it teaches you how to do that. And I think in a sense, it also almost teaches you how to develop your own philosophy of life. You know, mm. how you want to view the world, how you want to go about shaking up the world, what impact you want to have, if you want to have an impact. You know, it, it, it teaches you, whether you know it or not, consciously or unconsciously, a, a philosophy of life, I think. so. Well, I yeah. totally agree. And I think it's an opportunity to start to develop that, right? And that's what I mean about tasting, trying different things. And that's why I'm very grateful that I went to a liberal arts college because, again, I met people from cultures and things that... And this, I think, will be a good segue, right? Not trying to lead the conversation too <laughs> oh, much. Oh, go for but it, man. This is your podcast. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I think about it through the lens of working with people from different cultures. Mm-hmm. Think about Oyo. Right. 
dude, I got like the crash course in college working with some people from different cultures, right? So, right. well, again, sometimes it's the communication of like English might be difficult to like communicate points. Again, mm-hmm. when you're talking complex business problems and figuring out, you know, how to communicate that, um, I, I got that experience a little bit. So I felt like I had like a little bit of a leg up, right? Um, right, right. But no, I just think that those are things that definitely pay off in the long run is getting exposure to much different things because you don't know what life's going to throw you down the road. 100% man. And, and to that point, that's why I I preach travel so much mm-hmm. to people because that uh, it, it opens up your, your your paradigm of the world. You know, it, it you get introduced to those cultures. You learn how to how, you know, you're you're just a small number. You know, that's like you're, it's you're not so humbling from a, a little Macomb township or whatever in Detroit. You know, you're you're part of a much bigger system and uh, it teaches you to be more temperant, temperament, have more temperament. I'm going to cut that out. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that's the beauty of being the one in control, right? I'm not going to cut it out. We're going to no. keep it. Whatever. No, so. but I, I totally agree. And that's one that I think for me was the big changer, right? I was fortunate. I studied abroad in mm. Australia, lived with, you know, a homestay. Nice. So Australia, like, huh? Yeah. So like cool. I really dove into the culture. And for me, the the biggest, one of the biggest takeaways is just humbling. Dude, we have it so good here in the United States. We do. And man. it's not bad over there. And I was fortunate. Yeah. I was with like a very, you know, good family, good structure, you know, yeah. not struggling, obviously. Um, but you just learn about the different benefits of what it really means to be an American. Yeah. We, we take a lot for granted. 100%. At the end of the we're, day. we're the most and, arrogant country in the world. And the thing is, is we have these types of conversations, not often enough to where we're not grateful and thankful enough for mm-hmm. what we do have. Uh, but yeah, man, that's, that's a good reminder. You know, it's, it's something that we should try to do every single day is just like counter blessings in a sense. Oh dude. Yeah. You know. Gratitude. And I, uh, we're not, you know, I know you guys like you and I try right to do the grat- you know, the gratitude journaling and all that, but mm-hmm. it's hard to be disciplined. So it is, but it's such a, and I know how you feel after you've, you've really committed the morning to doing something like that. Like you're charged up, you feel, you understand your why. Yeah. You got an, you got a full tank of energy. Yeah. Full tank. You're ready to go. <laughs> so, all right. So we're in Florida. Uh, how did you get to Dallas, Texas? Well, walk oh, me through that geez. process. Excuse me. Um, yeah. So I was fortunate through family friends, uh, was able to get a job with a company called Gallagher. Fortune 500 uh, insurance brokerage, got an internship right before I graduated. So this was summer of 2016. Did well, worked really hard, made good connections and got the opportunity to uh, go down to Dallas. It was Dallas or Houston and I wanted Dallas because everything I read about Houston was super muggy and nasty and oversaturated from a market standpoint. Um, So yeah, I got landed in Dallas, which was... It was awesome, and I, I mean, it was crazy too because I signed, you know, signed the offer. Had never been, never been to the state of Texas. Oh and, wow! And I accepted this offer. It's like next weekend, my mom and I fly out. We meet people in the office again. This is all over phone interviews, not even like Zoom. We're not even at that point yet, which is crazy to think. Yeah. Um, met everyone, found an apartment, signed it, moved down. Wow. So you didn't know a soul when you went down? No, there. but it was cool. So I got to go with uh, my best friend's little brother. He um. He realized community college wasn't his thing. He wanted to go become, uh, go to UTI, University of Technical Institute, mm-hmm. mechanic, right? The car mechanic. Um, and then it led him. So he came down with me. So it was awesome, right? Like I had like, you know, my almost little brother 
down there with me. So it was like good to have that. But no, dude, didn't know a soul. I had one of my really good buddies, shout out Carson Buell, that's from Dallas. But he was at Rollins finishing his MBA. So he wasn't even there. So, but again, knew no one, not a soul. So how did you establish a, a core group of friends? Yeah. What I was that process like? That's an interesting one. Um, man, it's just being a yes man. It's like a cliche, but like the movie, like, yes, man, like anyone at work or anyone you run into, like, just say yes, go do something. Like, I, again, I was never a big one to go out on like a Tuesday or Thursday night or whatever. But like, what choice did I have? If I wanted a social circle, you like got to branch out and start doing things. Then you have the one friend and just net networking, right? Like it's the one friend that introduces you another. You find a good couple group of guys and gals that you hang out with. And I was fortunate that I got into pretty good group pretty quickly and just took me under their wing and felt like home fast beautiful man that's mm -hmm. amazing i i had a similar experience uh so i moved to madison wisconsin yep uh same thing had an internship in kentucky because uh, you went to school at university of kentucky right? that's right yeah nice go cats uh had the internship but they were like hey we either have dubuque iowa or madison wisconsin available like Oof. where where do you want to go choices <laughs> mm, choices so yeah went, went to madison um didn't know a soul but ended up uh meeting you know like one of my best friends down there nico nico you know. shout out and, nico and we just met in the gym just because we were lifting at the same time every day and crazy? we just started working out together. He joined my soccer team. I started hanging out with his friends. Then he got me a job at Eat Street. And then we moved down to Dallas together. And to this yeah. day, we still FaceTime like twice, three times a week. It's great. Man, I got to call him. I miss him. I, dude, that's crazy. I didn't know that's how it all came to be. Because I try to put, yeah. the, I always try to put the, you know, the pieces together of the Eat Street crew, right? When they came over to Oyo. <laughs> and I was like, never knew that. That's wild. I know, dude. It was, it, well, th those guys had all been working at Eat Street for a long time. Okay. I'd only been there for five months. And until oh, OYO happened. Got it. So I, didn't know that I was either. a late hire. But, gotcha. but Marcus liked me. Yeah. I think. So <laughs> <laughs> TBD, that's still out. Oh. <laughs> Verdict's still out on that one. Oh, Mar I, I miss Marcus. Mm -hmm. So, okay, man. Um, OYO Hotels. Uh, for the <laughs> listeners that don't know, uh, however many of you there are, uh, Jared, please enlighten everybody on what OYO is is today i have no idea what they are today anymore but what we know them <laughs> what we knew them as and the them as in the employer was it was a startup that started in india came over the united states to you know branch out and take take over the economy space lodging mm -hmm. budget hotels budget hotels so motel six independent brands best westerns how do we come in and infiltrate the u.s market fast right and, and what people don't recognize is this is the largest hotel chain in asia largest it absolutely is it's the number one largest hotel chain in asia they have uh, a venture capital company behind them called softbank mm -hmm. who also funds uber doordash we work verizon i believe mm -hmm. and so they have all this capital behind them and they came to the u.s with the intentions of becoming the largest hotel chain in the U.S. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, I mean, to your point, you're talking about the Vision Fund with, I don't even know how many billions at the point when we started was in it. And then we had obviously a huge chunk of that to work with. So it was just fast building a rocket ship while you're on the rocket ship kind of environment. Exactly. You were building it while you were flying it. Yeah. <laughs> so things are falling off. Things aren't built. Um, 
and it was just figuring out what what made sense in the moment and then testing and trying to see if it worked so let me ask you this because you've had a lot of reflection time since you worked there as have i Mm -hmm. um how energized were you while you were working there i felt limitless like literally the movie me too man it was it was a drug it was such a drug it was a drug literally it was an addiction of like I loved to work and I, I think both of us are workhorses just in our nature to begin with but it, like this was different it there was a vision there was a true great leadership there was excitement there was everything it was the you know the cocktail you really wanted to take every day you know and it became it was just fun but it was also challenging it was rewarding I mean it was kind of everything it was man uh 14 hour days would go by 16 hour days would go by just in a blink of an eye oh yeah you wouldn't even think about it because you were so engrossed and in love with what you were doing Mm because you felt like you were actually building something that was going to help a lot of people yeah you know um so yeah tell tell me about like uh you were at one point what was your role at oh yeah what did you do for them so the way I like to describe it is, um, is I was a chief of staff to Calvin Anderson, right? Mm-hmm. So for those who don't know, obviously I'm sure many people knowing, you know, reading, listening to this, whoever it is, uh, doesn't know who that is, but he was brought in as the head of commercial. So his mission was build six verticals of, you know, the distribution, revenue management. There's a whole list of them, right? So I acted as his chief of staff, meaning whatever I could do to help on a project to building something that needed to be built to interviewing people to get them onboarded to understand the mission and the value of what we're doing to man i don't know it was just anything and everything which was exhilarating which was part of the high right is that to to your point 14 16 hour days didn't matter it was something different new and exciting and it was constant growth like I just remember, I think the whole time I spent on the hotel side, right before I moved over to the vacation home side, when I was his second or third hire, I think, and we had three hotels in the U.S. or something mm. crazy. It was small, right? Like, it was not... Maybe I'm wrong. No, no, I, I think you're right, man, because I, I remember I was in the first batch of hires. Yeah, yeah. And, and I remember... You were before me. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I remember getting to the WeWork office and just being like, all right, there's seven of us. Let's let's do it. And oh then a month later, we, we had 35 people. And then... But how many hotels? Like, what, do you remember when I came on, how many hotels we had? Because uh, I just remember onboarding like three, like in that batch. Probably. I think you were in the first five. For sure. Maybe, maybe the first 10. Okay. I, I don't know. Yeah, that sounds about right. Because the way I tell the story, and again, I could be wrong I, of, of the actual numbers, but I remember it being like, again, there's like the three we onboarded, and then when I left the the hotel side, we were at like something like 372 in the matter of months. Yeah. Which yeah. I hope we, listeners can like think about that for a second. Three hotels to 370 something. Right. In the matter of less than a year. All primarily in the continental uh, southeastern part of the United States. <laughs> so your Florida, your Texas, your Carolinas, your Georgia, Alabama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 man. It was it was fun because like you really felt like that we were going to be a powerhouse in a dominant, a household name. Hundred percent for, for that people that mission. were looking for lodging, right? Yeah, yeah. I and, mean, that's how we were selling it to new hires too. Is that like? We're going to be the one that you're going to look back in two, three years and wish you made the jump. Exactly. Yeah. Which I don't know. Was that us drinking the Kool-Aid too hard or what? In reflection, yeah, man. I I think we were just because we've all taken a lot of lessons out of it. 
I would never, never take it away. I would never take it away either, man. It, it was one of the most impactful uh, points in my life, for sure. But I, I think it taught us a lot about how to and how to not build a company. Hands down. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, especially as it pertains to leadership. You know, I'm so glad you said that because I was yeah. literally just going to say your ability to see and not see good leadership. Exactly. Yeah. So so that's one thing, a big takeaway of mine is that like, I, I feel like I can, I can see through the bullshit, you know, of a, a good and a poor leader. So uh, I haven't been in a scenario where I've, I guess, necessarily been able to you know, been fronted with that yet. I guess my current boss is great. You no, know, mm-hmm. he, he's a true leader. But besides the point, um, yeah, man, what, was, what an experience, huh? It was a great, great ride. Um, so that, that gave you an opportunity. You were going to move to California at some point, right? I did. Yeah. For how, how long were you there again? Uh, like an espresso shot, dude. I was there six months. <laughs> and then COVID happened. So. An espresso shot? <laughs> A cup of coffee. I like that. Um, that's, a great, that's a great saying. That's about it. I mean, but no, you know, I've been fortunate. I lived in different places for a good length of time. Right? Dallas was almost three years, and I thought California was going to be a, a pretty long ride. Obviously, I moved out there, so I had a, had a thought that it was going to be a while at least. But um, but yeah, it was, it was cool because of the opportunity, and I wasn't going to pass it up. I'm at that mm. point in life where no kids... No, 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 no big responsibilities other than making sure that, you know, I stay alive. So, um, so yeah, it was one that I absolutely wanted to take. And I think that too brought so many, like I said, life lessons and exposure to things that was totally worth it. But right. Yeah. So why did you move back to Michigan? Why did I move back to Michigan? One was obviously COVID. I wasn't going to be spending a crazy amount in rent over there. Found out pretty quickly within the first three months that California is not a fit. Granted, I was in San Francisco. It was a culture shock. Very different. How how come? Yeah, go into that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So like San Francisco is a lot of the stereotypes are true. Mm -hmm. (laughs) My first experience, right? I go there out there in October to find an apartment, right? And I think um, I don't remember if Calvin came out without came out with us, but I was out there with Almas, um, and we were I was touring, you know, a bunch of different places, trying to figure out where am I going to live. I'm in an Uber going from our hotel, like right in that San Mateo area, up into the city. And Russian Uber driver doesn't speak great English, and I was just like, all right, cool, no big deal. Get into the city, and he starts saying things, you know, to me like look in a certain direction. So I look. Sure, sure enough, there's a homeless guy taking his pants down and laying a shit literally in the middle of a busy intersection. Mm. And I'm like, again, the way we started the podcast, I come from McComb, Michigan. Like that's not, you hear big cities and you hear things, you know, the big rats in New York City. Like you hear these things and you're like, there's no way. Like there's, you know, that's the media hyping it up. But I was just like, whoa, okay, that's kind of crazy. And then it became when I moved there. Within the first few, in the first week, I was seeing needles everywhere, all the tents, the homeless population was super bad. And look, I'm not going to sit here and like poo-poo on all, you know, pun intended, (laughs) all over San Francisco. There's some absolute beauty and remarkable things to it. But there was just some of those things that I was just like, man, this is not me. I'm this kid from Michigan that loves to be outside, doing things, loves, you know, and this is just not, this was the last city for me, was the conclusion interesting so so covid fit or covid hit you you finally have that revelation that 
you know, San Francisco is not a great fit for me. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to come back to Michigan. So do you intend to be here forever, would you say? Um, yes and no. I think there's still some some itch in me to go out and maybe live somewhere else again for, for a short period of time. But I mean, if my family is going to stay here and, you know, entering that season of life of starting my own family and in doing those things, I think it, it makes sense to plant plant roots. Um, but I don't even know where that's going to be, right? Like we were joking and talking about houses and things like that. Like I'm looking at a house. And so there's that, again, aptitude mm. to do to plant roots. But again, you don't know where life's going to take you. I, I never would have thought I lived in California for right. six months or even Dallas, Texas. So I, I think you would be foolish to really try to sit here and say like, oh yeah, this is the plan. This is going to happen, right? Yeah, man. No, 100%. And, and to me, myself, like I moved back here also during COVID with the intentions of like, Grand Rapids for life. This is where I want to be. I can't predict the future, man. I just got to roll with the punches. You, but never, hey, you never know what life could throw at you. 100%. Right? That's your plan right now. And that's kind of mine, right? Like, yeah, I'm going to be in Michigan for the foreseeable future, you know? The but job. you never know what will happen. Oh, of course so, not. Yeah. yeah. I, I like that you're, you're open to, uh, uh, you know, however the universe decides to put you, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. For sure. So, uh, rumor on the streets has it that you have a pretty serious girlfriend, huh? I sure do. Yeah, I'm, I'm a lucky man, man. I don't know. I don't know what I did right to uh, to deserve it, but yeah, I'm very fortunate, man. Sorry, ladies, he's off the market. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about Leah. Leah Nicole. Oof. Where do I start? Uh, it's it's funny because she's not here to defend herself or <laughs> say different on the story I tell. So it's Jared's hour. Um, <laughs> But no, man, She, um, we've known each other for quite a while. Uh, the story goes from Jared's perspective is that my best friend from back home, Ryan Weber, um, been friends since fourth grade. It was like fourth grade football is how we met. Like our dads introduced us. We're like, all right, yeah, whatever. Best friends ever since, right? So he went to different grade school and high school than I did, but we were still good friends. And it was his older sister, Erica, was dating Leah's brother, Jonathan. And I know there's quite a, you know, there's going to be names thrown around, so just try to track with me for a second. And so being over Ryan's house all the time, the pool over the summer, out in the street playing football, whatever it was, right? Jonathan was around because he was dating Ryan's older sister, Erica, right? And so then I found out that, you know, Jonathan had a little sister, Leah. Um, she was tall, blonde, still had braces at that time, but I thought she was gorgeous, right? Um... And it was one where I remember trying. I was, I mean, I think about back, right? When I was at sixth, seventh grade, I was still a goofy kid. Like I had braces and all that too. Um, and then it just became bad timing in the sense of like, she started dating a guy, then I was dating a girl and there's just never a time. And to be frank, and I'm sure she would admit this today, she never gave me the time of day, right? So it was this little bit, little bit of a chase for just a long time. And then two years ago, almost... Two years and a month ago, um, one of my other best friends, Jay Barnes, got married to one of her best friends, Vanessa. Um, And we stood up together in the wedding. And it was uh, not only we stood up together, but we had kind of rekindled right before, right? And it it was just really cool because it got to the point where we're like, look, we're both single at the time. Um, We're standing up. We obviously have this like kind of like history and familiarity with each other. Like, let's just be each other's dates too. Like, no pressure. Let's just have fun. And then it just ended up being one of the most magical days. Like, as you know, all weddings are, right? They're magical. Love's in the air. Yeah, it's, dude. it's great. But 
it was it was that it was at that point it was just like yep this is it really so you knew like right then and there that like i got something special like this this could be it see yeah it was it was crazy it was just like you because you're there at the wedding and then you like you're with someone you're having such a good time and then that like idea like festers in your head you're like obviously at some point i always wanted to get married i always wanted a family and kids but like you never knew how it was going to happen right you never knew what it was going to be like one of those movie moments was it going to be something like an old friend is right. it like who knows how it's going to come together yeah and then it was just in that moment it's just like okay there's something i don't like i can't describe it but there's something there wow so so how long after that did you guys start uh, officially dating so the the official on the calendar date, right? <laughs> there's always one. Yeah. There's always one. You got a circle um, with a red marker. Yeah, you know? I'm gonna I'm gonna leave the the other bits of it out of it, but um, the official date would be July 1st of last year, so 2020. Amazing, man. Yeah. Wow. And, and I got I'll I'll tell the story on that because I got to brag a little bit on myself because a little bit of a I was always the hopeless romantic, but now it's like I get to be the romantic, which is cool. Yeah, yeah. Um. Because it's special, again, like I was just, you know, mapping out the whole thing. I wanted a cool way, because I know it was a date to her was important. Here's mm. the date that we officially put the stamp, we're dating, right? Mm. She is one, we talk about documentation, what we're doing here, right? She loves taking photos, and I love that she does because I'm terrible about it, right? Um, and so what I did is I printed out a bunch of photos that we've taken together, because she came down and visited me in Dallas twice. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, after the wedding, she came alone, then she came again with Jay and Vanessa after they were married. Nice. Yeah, so we have all these pictures and stuff, like old stuff when we were like not really anything to like, <laughs> you know, today, or today at that point being July. And so I printed out all these photos, I put the dates on them because I had all the date stamps. And then with each one, I wrote like a little bit about the memory, whether it was like, hey, this is the first time you came to Dallas, right? Um, here's like a photo from the wedding and like, uh, like a way I felt or like a memory about it. And so there's like quite a few of those. And then <laughs> this is going to sound sappy, hilarious. Um, <laughs> but then I wrote a poem to her. Yeah. I literally wrote her a poem. Nice. And then at the very bottom of it, I was like, would you do the, do me the honors of being my girlfriend? And there's like the little check yes, check no box. Um, and then the, this so is a three stage of gifts. There was the, the photos go through those, right? There was the poem. And then once she said yes or no, and God, you know, praying that she said yes. Right. The last bit was her favorite photo of us, which was from the wedding. And I had that framed and just sitting there and I was like, all right, well, here's our first official boyfriend, girlfriend photo frame. You are quite the romantic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm impressed, man. Yeah. Which I think is funny because people look at me and they're probably like, you know, there's no way this guy's got a romantic bone in his body. No, he can't say that. I, honestly, like, that's that's very, very thoughtful. Seriously. And I've never done that. That's not like, again, that's not like some move, right? Like, totally from the heart. And I'm like, again, like I said, when it happened, I'm like, this is special. This is something like, if I'm going to do this, like, doing this right. I mean, I think when somebody means that much to you and they've impacted your life that much and you... <clears throat> can see a future mm-hmm. then it, it it doesn't seem like effort you know it doesn't no. seem like work it, it it's it's a fun creative it's fun yeah right? it's, it's creation yeah mm-hmm. wow yeah so i had the opportunity to meet leah sure did uh, i don't know whether it was that july august june last year it's for it my birthday because we were here for grand haven okay yeah went to grand haven for my birthday she's fun man she's she's uh she's a little firecracker yeah she keeps me in my place she keeps me in check that's for sure yeah i like her a lot dude i i hope to 
I hope to see her again, honestly. I don't know, I know when I'll be out in Detroit, but if I am, I'll hit you up, of course. You know? 100%. Hopefully, she's uh, coaching her girls to another win. Oh, yeah? Volleyball? Volleyball. Yep. Okay. So, she coaches volleyball on the side? Yeah. Yep. She sure does. Yeah. Nice. So, 15, 15 year olds. She's a great yeah. coach. It's so cool to like see that. I don't know. It's just different, right? Like knowing people and seeing them as an athlete, but then that transition, it's cool to watch that kind of development. Right. And I'm, I'm sure it's cool, like in the stands, you observing her in a leadership capacity oh yeah i yeah. mean it's the way i look at it is it's like almost like an insight to like our future and like with kids and stuff right like how are the how is she gonna handle cool kids how is she gonna teach lessons how does she communicate right like how yeah. does she deal with attitudes and whatever how right. does she respond managing the parents like dude i don't envy her and granted it's not terrible but it's a lot of work man she's got a tough job as it is you know making her income and she's got a tough job doing the coaching thing so i mean ultimate respect to her for that 100 percent, man and that's a huge skill that a lot of people don't recognize is is really really difficult to master is dealing with children mm-hmm. like you said especially in groups because a lot of them do have attitudes what happens when they're sad what happens when they're beating themselves up mm-hmm. what happens when, when a parent says that their child isn't getting enough playing time like there, there's a lot of different uh dynamics dynamics that you have to combat and so very cool for you to be able to witness and observe that and, and kind of see how that might play out in your in your future years so oh for sure yeah it's, it's definitely interesting nice man all right you want some uh you want some random fun questions and some deep questions let's do it uh these are just gonna be semi shot from the hip and uh <laughs> <laughs> let's do it uh we'll start fun what's your favorite starburst color pink nice why pink best flavor and pink's my favorite too actually it just i think i mean yellow is good i like lemon like like like, uh yellow gator and stuff too but i think pink's like always the most sought off you know sought out one it is i like i like the red too is that cherry yeah but i don't like how it like stains your mouth (laughs) i know stupid but yeah that's why i don't pick red gatorade exactly yeah i always go like Or like the lollipops you get from like wherever, like restaurants and stuff. Yeah. Like blue. It always yeah. like gets your mouth all stained. Yeah. I don't want to be looking like you a don't clown. Want to be that guy. <laughs> Nobody wants to be that guy. Nope. Uh, do you have a movie you've seen recently that's impacted you uh, that you'd like to share with everybody, or just a recommendation of a movie that you think people should see? Yeah, I'll go recommendation because like we watch so much stuff. I can't. I can't think of a recent one. Um, one of my favorite movies of all time is The Breakfast Club, 1985. Oh, nice. Okay, mm-hmm. why? I, I love that movie, by the way. It's such a it's a it's a coming of age movie, right? Of this story, and I don't know. Maybe I'm like I'm romantic about that time period and wishing that I was a part of it, you know? Sure. And I just think like it's a cool story, really. And I don't know. For me, I get like emotionally involved. Like every time I watch it, like. You get attached to the characters, each one, each story, how they come together. Again, it's just like a, I don't know. I think it's a, I think it's a classic, ultimate classic. Yeah. Cause you've, you've got, uh, all of the different like personas, personas of, the time. of, of high school. So exactly. you've, you've got the misfit, which is, uh, the girl with, with that's goth. Yep. I don't and even you've know. You've got Bender. Mm-hmm. Who, who is uh he, he's like the savage you know the burnout yeah burnout getting smoking doing those things yeah you've got the jock you've got the pretty girl uh you've got, got the, the nerd. nerd yep right and then just seeing them all in one class and just kind of like tackling and dealing with their emotions and their dynamics and like how that's playing out as like a 16 17 year old which is again i think it's like 
ultimately relatable because everyone goes through that everyone can like take a piece of themselves mm -hmm. from each character right so it's like i don't know for me that was what drew me into the movie and even when i watch it now you see it from a different lens because i've gone through different things in the last 6 12 18 months last time we know whatever i watched it so I think it's just cool to see the different perspectives of it. So I had to write a paper in high school on that movie. Actually. Oh, really? And you we tell. Had, we had to identify as a character uh, and explain why. And I'm curious. Drum roll. Well, no, no, no. I'm asking you, uh, man. Who would you identify with? Man. I'm probably... I'm probably a mix of the three guys. All three of the guys? Mm -hmm. So, So the nerd, the burnout... And the jack. Yeah. Okay, nice. I I can relate to all three. For sure. Hands down. Yeah, not the janitor. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was a janitor, man. Wait, I was. wait, what? Really? I was a janitor for a summer as a job. Put a pin in that. We're going to go back to that. <laughs> all right. Um, so, yeah, tell me a little bit more of why all three. Uh, first one's obvious. Right? We talked about it. Already. It was an athlete. I'm yeah. an athlete still. So, obviously, the jack understanding what it means to be in high school and have the pressures, especially the dynamic, not, you know, between his dad, not that I had it like that, but there's expectations, there's pressures yeah, to hold and carry yourself a certain way. There's no way you should have gotten into detention. You know, you're supposed to be a class act, blah, blah, blah. Right. Right. Um, the burnout. Hey, I wasn't a perfect kid. I got into trouble. I did some misfit things. Right. <laughs> I wasn't perfect. Um, right. So I get that. Um, and then the nerd, I'm, I'm a secret nerd. I've yeah. been more about, I've been trying to be better about exposing it and not exposing it. I guess that's the wrong way to put it, but embracing, embracing it for sure. Yeah. I don't know. Like think about the conversations we've had, you know, even catching up before this is that yeah. I like talking numbers. I like talking strategy. I like, what are you reading? What are you consuming? Mm -hmm. Let's go introspective. Let's get like, let's get nerdy. Like teach me something. Like right. I crave for that. I think the older I get, it becomes more of trying to like get in tune with that because it's just, it's more stimulating to me. You know what? With that being said, I'm actually going to pull up this quote really quick. Thank God I have a computer in front of me. Absolutely. Um, so my friend and I were having this similar conversation recently. Okay. Uh, ideas, people. So, all right, there's a quote by Eleanor Roosevelt. Uh, here this it is. is like Teddy Roosevelt's wife or something. Exactly. And, and, and she was, uh, she's renowned as, as one of the most influential uh, women in American history of all time. You know, I wish I should, I should read more about her, but she's impacted a lot of people. Of course. So a famous quote by her is great minds discuss ideas, average minds discuss events and small minds discuss people. Mm. And I think that's a big quote that like, I like to live by. Hundred percent. Um, I like that. Hundred percent, man. And you want to you want to surround yourself around people like that too that that aren't just gossiping, you know, and or or aren't just talking about the baseball game. Of course, you got to talk about the baseball game here and there. But at the same time, if you're of a growth mindset, mm. not of an ego mindset, uh, then you want to be talking about ideas. You know, I think, yeah. And I, I honestly, even to bring this little bit full circle from a conversation standpoint, right? I think that's what got you and I hyped up and romantic about the whole OYO thing was that it was always ideas, right? We mm -hmm. weren't talking about the weather, or baseball games, right? Even if, you know, past sales rules, just, just, you know, have small talk. Like we weren't doing that. Like right. we have this grandiose idea and mission. So we got to have grandiose ideas to complete the mission. Do you have a mantra? 
to your life? Um, like a personal philosophy? I feel like I, I go through phases. I'll go through seasons, right? Where something's applicable and I'll roll with it because it's the right thing of the mindset in which I'm trying to embrace. But no, I don't I don't think I have one right now. Fair enough. No worries, man. Yeah. Uh, so just next- wrote, just write that down as a question. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> For future podcasts. <laughs> uh, all right. What is the most useless talent that you have? Mm, how much time you got? <laughs> we got all day. <laughs> I don't know. Um, the most useless talent that I have. It's kind of a tough question. Honestly, it is, right? Cause I, I don't, I don't know. I don't think about, I guess, my talents or like, you know, what qualifies as a talent. Right. Um, I guess what's not useful today anymore, but was the time when I played and and uh, helped out with some side money was I used to string lacrosse sticks. Like, but that's useful. So that's St- string stick. I yeah. feel like that's got to be kind of hard to do. Yeah, it was all self-taught through YouTube and just really? spending hours afterwards, just like figuring out how to tie knots and what the loops meant and how that reacted to the mesh. And everything. how old were you when you did this? Freshman in high school is when I started. No, it was probably eighth grade. It's probably oh when I started. Gosh, but like so- all through high school, dude, I used to used to come home. My dad would always laugh and be like, "Dude, you're gonna like mess up your performance. You keep messing with your stick." And for me, it was just <laughs> like it was the. It was my equivalent to like the video game, right? Like that was the stimulating thing that I loved to do and it was part of the craft, which I thought was the ultimate respect to the sport. Like you you learning and owning. Yeah, 100%, man. Yeah. Um, that's fascinating. Wow, you had to probably comb through some gnarly videos in 2009 YouTube. <laughs> Dude, think about that, right? There was no where it is today. And it's funny, one of the guys out there, it's um, Eastside Dies. I remember seeing his first couple of YouTube videos. And I, like I learned a lot from him about the knots and how it reacted and how to do this. And now he's got a full blown business in like literally schools, like yeah. big schools like Maryland and you know um, Stevenson, and like across all three divisions. Wow. Hire just him just because he embraced and utilized a new platform. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I I'm sure I I wish that I could have been a fly on the wall like uh, during my parents' era when YouTube was just coming out because I think I was like. 11 or 12 you know mm-hmm. i wasn't thinking big thoughts you know i was thinking about my next pb and j <laughs> but uh I, I wish it could have been a fly in the wall in the sense that like what people thought about youtube coming out and the internet the internet being yeah. mainstream like oh it's a hoax no stay away from it blah 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 oh youtube yeah it's just a fad it'll die out mm-hmm. or if other people were like hey this is something we should hop onto and kind of embrace and like i'm going to utilize it a lot because i don't think that was a big sentiment back in the day i think it just took time for people to adapt yeah and i could be wrong in this but my assumption would be that even those that you know had the timing and decided you know i'm gonna put a couple youtube videos out and just do it once a week and then end up having these massive followings and being like the pioneers of youtube right like i i would love to hear interviews understand like did they even know or was it just like right again same thing we're doing here like oh this is just a podcast jared and derek shooting the shit and then literally 12 years later you're gonna look back and be like yo this became a thing yeah well dude i think that's how uh that's how rogan got so big because he was the first guy that actually embraced podcasting that had some sense of credibility and fame uh he started in 2008 oh wow and and he was doing fear factor 
back then. Did you ever watch Fear Factor? Heck yeah. Yeah, It was like man. a family affair. We used to watch that all the time. Right. Yeah, it was, it was, it was great. <laughs> like, put your hand in a glass and you'll touch scorpions or snakes yeah, or something. Yeah, or you're going like to eat but. deer nuts or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, buffalo oh. testicles. No. But but to that point, though, like, he, he embraced a new technology. And because of that, look how he's being rewarded, you know? He, yeah, well, I think, he's, I think he's unique in the sense that, like, what he was doing allowed him to push the audience towards the podcast you know mm. and again i don't know if this was a conscious or subconscious thought of his right is that was he just doing the youtube thing to do it and then because he was a comedian because he was on fear factor he had attention and eyeballs and it fit into what you know youtube algorithm and everything is today it's yeah, about yeah. attention 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 right so exactly so i don't know that answer but i just think it's it's just one of those cool again you talk about the nerdy side like case studies to look at and be like damn like how did he did he know? Did he not know? Or he just was kind of like, screw it, I'm going to do it. And it paid off. Right? Wow, man. Yeah. He, he's a he's a role model for me in a sense of just in the, the fact that... I think that, a lot of people in our generation, for sure. Yeah. I, I think a lot of people can relate to him. Just He's raw. He's open. He doesn't hide who he is. You know, he has no filters. Mm-hmm. He says what's on his mind. Uh, but he's empathetic. He's caring. He's curious. You know, he has a lot of endearing and redeeming qualities about him. Yeah, and I, the one thing that I love and the respect and I try to embrace the most is that his search for truth. Like, he doesn't he doesn't know a lot of things. and He'll be the first to tell you, like, I'm a moron. I'm an idiot. Don't listen to me, right? Yeah, yeah. But he'll do his research and everything. Like, he's trying to find the answer and he's trying to bring... Like, he brings on some wickedly smart, influential to crazy, right? The whole spectrum's on his show. But he has no ego when he's talking with him because he's like, hey, yeah. listen, you're smart. You are a, you're perfect at your craft. I want to learn about it. You know, I'm not going to act like I can follow along, but I'm going to ask the questions. Yeah, which I think in of itself, and I feel like we're going on like a Joe Rogan bromance it's loving right. on it right now. No but, worries. <laughs> um, I think it's just fascinating how he's able to interview everyone in the spectrum and that his yeah. his craft of interviewing, of being humble and and just opening up and not going anywhere in any sort of conversation in the sense of finding the truth is just really cool really remarkable of a skill it is man it's it's a skill like you said Um, well that's your point he's been doing it since what you said 2008 i think 2008 that's when he started but in doing that skill it's it's taught him i think how to be a better listener Mm -hmm. how to ask the important questions uh, to really, really dial in and, and dive in to get people to open up. I'm sure he's subconsciously or consciously learned a lot more about body language, you know, and, and like when people are really closed off and insecure and vulnerable in a conversation, like, you know, recognizing, acknowledging that and teaching them, asking questions to get them to open up, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah, man, he's he's a role model, but uh, real quick, Hit me. what do you say we take a five-minute break? Yeah, I gotta go to the gym. All right, let's do it. Five minute break. And we are back. We had to use the facilities. <laughs> In the little little boys' room. How human of us. <laughs> little boys' room. Nice. Uh, hey, man. So, is there a celebrity you get mistaken for? No. Not that I know of. Really? No one's ever been like, hey, you look like blah, blah, blah. No, I think that's probably because my, I don't know if it's my, my height and like whatever, but no, I really don't. It's probably a good thing, man. That means you're crazy unique. Hey, that's, that's the goal, being different, being unique. So I'd rather not look like someone to be honest. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have a book recommendation for everybody? 
Oh, let's see. So Jordan Peterson's new book just came out. I haven't, um, psychologist out of the university of Toronto. Yeah. Um, yeah. very familiar. I haven't gotten big. I haven't gotten deep into it. Uh, I've been lacking from the discipline and audible recently. Um, I'm trying to think if there's another one. No, I can't right off the top of my head. Yeah, hey, no worries. No, I'm going to, I we, got, we can put a pin in it. We'll put a pin in it. Yeah. Next topic. All right. So, Here's a fun one. Let's say you had a hundred million dollars that just got deposited Ooh, into your bank account. I'm listening. You have my attention. What would you do with your life? I would figure out one how not to pay taxes on it. <laughs> so you're saying it's already in my account, right, dude? It's it's you don't even have to worry about that. Got it. It's already there. Um, first and foremost, I'm setting up my family and those that have been influential in my life today, right? So parents, um, extended family, whoever, Mm -hmm. right? That's, that's number one. I think two becomes, I'm going to go build a compound. I'm going to build a dream house, wherever that is. Sure. And going to, um, figure that out. Um, so let's say, you know, 50 million off the top for friends and family. Sure. And then, you know, another 10 for the compound and setting all that up for a while. Then some long-term investments for kind of generational wealth and family in the future. And then figure out where can I put it in investments that way it continues to grow and I can simply live off the interest and the standard of living that I want. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course. So, yeah. So, but that's what you do with the money. Mm-hmm. But what would you do with your life? I don't know. How would you spend your time? Because what, what happens when you're when you're done with that? Your your family's all set up. They're good. Yeah. The money's allocated into different investments. That's good. Yeah. Compounds built. Mm-hmm. Things are good to go. You've got a steady passive income. Yada yada. Yeah. Good. How do you spend your time? What are you gonna do with your life? I I hate to be that cliche millennial, but and it's hard in COVID, but it'd be travel. Go around, okay. travel, see the world, experience different things. And um, I don't know, man. Probably actually because I've been fortunate at 25 to be able to live in a different country, travel to a lot. Um, I'd probably start a family, dude. Sure. Yeah. Like, why not do it young? I think that'd be amazing to be a young parent. Um, sure. So I think, I mean, then that consumes your life, dude. You know, you bring a newborn in life for at least 18 to 25 years that's your life. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. I think that would be one, but... But but think about it this way. So, yeah, you, you start a family. Sure. Let's say you've got three, four kids. They're all off in school. You're financially sound and stable still. Yeah. You don't have to work. You have money. The kids are in school for seven, eight hours. I mean, what, what are you going to do to spend those seven, eight hours? I, I guess what the, the purpose of the question is to really dive, dive in and nail down your deep-seated passions. And things that you've neglected that you couldn't do in your life because of time, money, etc. You know what? What would you do? Yeah, I'll uh, I'll answer this because it actually came up with my my therapist last week when we were talking about it. Um, I think I haven't done enough to really give back and give an impact. So mm. when I think about life, let's say you average person, not average person, but let's say I live to a hundred, right? First twenty five years are over now right this was the get up and running make sure you can figure out the world a little bit where you belong the way i see the next 25 years for me is is getting the dirt under my fingernails and learning 
right nice. experiencing different things what may have you whatever nice and then that next 25 to your point around what are you gonna do then you know with your day when the kids are at school or whatever it is um kids are out of the house you know no longer have to worry about them it's the impact back of like look this is what i was able to achieve in the you know first 50 years of my life writing books doing podcasts you know master masterminds classes whatever it is to give back to say look this is what i did here's all the mistakes i made don't make these mistakes here's a blueprint if you want to end up the way i ended up and guess what not not everyone's gonna want that but if you do like here's a blueprint with it and then mentoring them it's that give back of like i think about it in my life today so many people have brought me to where i'm at or got me there sooner rather than later you know mentors family etc so the the goal would be then to be able to give back and do that for someone else which you know you talk about impact like that's material impact to someone's life which i think is so cool yeah no 100 percent. yeah uh, I, I you mentioned it on the car ride over that uh that, that marcus higgins said something to you pretty profound it was it was along the lines of uh yeah, focus now on, you know, setting yourself up for financial success so you can give back down the road, you know, and, and giving back is, is not an effort. Yeah, no, not at all. And I think it comes down to like the, the saying, like glass half full, you know, glass half empty, like your own cup has to be full before you could be worrying about others. Right. Mm -hmm. And you talk about motto or mantra. That's kind of one right now. Like I have to be ultimately selfish right now so that I can be selfless. Because like, you know what I'm saying? Like, how can I help you, the person next to me, if I'm my house isn't even order, in order? If, if Jared's house isn't right and I don't have everything figured out, how the heck can I provide any true value to you, you know? Dude, so I, I'm so glad that this came up organically because uh, <laughs> I've said this on previous podcasts, okay. which were back in October, November of uh, 2020. Mm -hmm. um, what my mantra is, is I want to become the best version of myself that I possibly can be. So I can right. properly serve and properly give back. So Which I think that is, again, when you, you know, we play this back and listen to it, is the ultimate hesitation in, in answering your question to begin with, because I don't feel like as if I've earned the right mm. to impact anyone else yet, right? Like, who am I, right? Like this young kid that if I was given the $100 million, who's going to want to listen to someone like that? They didn't get the dirt under their fingernails. They didn't really build something, right? So I think... I need to earn that right first, which I think is part of the, like we talked about in the car, right? Is like the process, the fun of it of like next 25 years are going to be a grind, but like sure. that's what's going to be the context and material to be able to give you the impact the next 25 years and the give back. And like, right. that'll be like the fun in that respect. Yeah, man. Yeah. Nice. I yeah. like that. So <laughs> I want to no, make it sound like I am introspective, but... No, you are, man. That's a very <laughs> introspective answer. So yeah, yeah great answer. <laughs> Thanks. A plus. All right. Uh, let's go to a fun question. So what, what's an ideal weekend look, for, look like for you? Man, as of recent, I just want my time back. I feel like we got <laughs> so much commitment to other people and other things, but I don't know. Ideal weekend would be able to be, you know, get up at a reasonable time on a Saturday morning, have a coffee. It's a nice day and it's just open where whether it's going out and doing something in nature, like a hike, kayaking, paddle boarding, I think would be great. So cool. that way, you know, it's not a, a workout workout. So, but you're active. I, I love being active. Um, and then going somewhere with good food. I mean, food's always fun, right? So 
whether it's a lunch or a dinner and um but definitely just like active rest is the way i look at it right like i want to be active and doing something but it's not the the week to week you know getting up early going to the gym hitting the weights or going on a run or whatever right it's right. not that like rigor and discipline but it's like a fun either leisurely or active thing to do and typically probably in like nature i like to be outside you know so so it's in a sense uh taking it easy finding a way to recover but also while remaining active and filling up your cup 100 percent. yeah yeah because i think sometimes too like it's always fun like to work on other things right you don't, you have a house here right i'm sure you don't always love having the projects around the house but it's an opportunity to learn something and do something different so i think in the future <laughs> short term at least for me like that could be something that's fun of like hey how do you build a shed or do something right like, yeah exactly man it's active it's outside it's all those things i mentioned but it's like it's learning a different skill which is very stimulating to me right right so it, it could be a whole mix of things so I, I can't give you a perfect answer but that's that's where my head goes are there any skills you're learning right now that are noteworthy mm, no <laughs> <laughs> no worries no. <laughs> hey I we'll circle back. We'll we'll have a round two podcast Heck a yeah. year from now, and I'm, and I'm sure that uh, the update, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the update, and, and you'll be like, "This is what I did." Exactly, <laughs> It'll be a long list. So. Yeah, <laughs> let's hope so. Yeah. Uh, okay, man. Um, all right. Out of the positive emotions mm. of compassion, positivity, enthusiasm, and initiative, which is your biggest strength? Positivity. Uh, why? Tell me more. I think there's a bit of my DNA that I've always been a true optimist. And another, I guess, we're pulling this out is like the mantra mata is that you can really only control your work, e work ethic and your attitude. And if you choose to be positive, whether good times are good or times are bad, I just think you're going to get more out of it. Whether it's just the, f the fulfillment in the event or situation or the learnings etc being positive there's never a drawback to it mm -hmm. you're only going to influence someone next to you positively pun intended but it's just life's better you're happy like tell me anyone you met that's positive that isn't happy right or you didn't feel as if you got an energy boost from them right you were more of a contributor to their energy than a suck right like i don't want to be around anyone and be a suck from them, well, right? Yeah, what, what people don't realize is that uh, energy, in a sense, is, is very infectious. Correct. You know? I, have you ever been into a party uh, that was, you know, just kind of mellow and casual, and then somebody walks to the door and enters the room, and then all of a sudden just the room lights up like a light bulb? 100%. Because of that person's, like, I don't want to say aura, but, you know, their energy. 100%. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's very impactful and, and yeah infectious so well i think you hear that too right like someone walks in and they smile and they light up a room right like that i would say is something that i always want to strive to be is right. that positive enlightening good energy i'd People say you want to be that around. guy man oh thank you I'd you're being you kind <laughs> you're being kind i'm serious cool though that's that's a good answer yeah yeah positivity yeah i think sure. positivity for sure yeah um hey do you believe in extraterrestrial life Oh, good question, man. Speaking of Rogan coming out with <laughs> articles lately, man. Yeah, he has been, hasn't he? He's, he has, but I mean, so I mean, but before you go in, I, I will just say that I do. You know, it's, okay. it's it's just comes down to data. Yeah, for me. I mean, yeah, I just think 
I would love it to be true. I think it makes for very interesting and maybe some concrete explanation to things. I think that's every human's kind of question, right? Mm-hmm. You, you create that separation, the binary paths of the science or the faith, right? Or the true. spirituality, however you want to denominate it. Um, and I don't know, I think it would be interesting. And I think there's, there's some cool out there theories and conspiracies behind it, which I don't know, I'm just make it interesting to figure out are they true or they're not? So uh, my take is so simple. It's from a data standpoint. Hit me. Is that we're, we're in the Milky Way, which is a galaxy. Okay, which sure. Has trillions of stars, which is technically trillions of suns. And the only way that our ecosystem is able to survive is because of its distance from the sun, right? It's able okay. to properly heat the planet and survive yep. and retain life. So you have trillions of stars. We have one galaxy. There are trillions of galaxies too out there that are unknown and undiscovered so i don't know what a trillion times a trillion is but uh, based off of probability alone we i i just am almost certain that we can't be alone you know but that's that's not to say that we'll ever encounter and come face to face with extraterrestrial life someday but just i believe it's out there you know it's it's a it's a numbers thing for me yeah i i would be i think i'm right there with you I think it comes down to, it's a hard thing to grasp for people, right? If it's not tangible, right? You talk about data and facts, but if you do simple probabilities, you're probably right. Like, and I would imagine there's definitely something out there. But you also mentioned that there's probably a, like, there's a religious component for some, a good population of the world as well. Yeah. That's, that's but like I also that we're think, unique in that regard. Yeah. But I also think even in the science of it, there's some faith to it, right? Cause you can't prove mm-hmm. it still yet. So there's a faith and belief that it is real, right? So like we can go down this whole devil advocate, you know, like rabbit hole for sure. But, um, but yeah, I think that's what will help us comprehend it as humans is having that level of science and explanation, et cetera, that will make it feel real. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does, man. Yeah. Cause like I, I believe it and I think it'd be super cool. Because you'd probably get answers, but that's my, like, my, again, just always search for truth and understanding. It's a little scary, too, isn't it? Oh, it's terrifying. Yeah, it's it's really scary. Well, I think, what was it, the last thing that Rogan posted about, um, you know, what is it, humans and monkey DNA or whatever? Oh, I haven't seen this. I think it's correlated to the extraterrestrial thing, is that, like, essentially, like, we are primates mixed with extraterrestrials, and that's how humans became homo sapiens. Oh, my God. Yeah, so, like... <laughs> I don't know if I can stand behind that. Let me let me read the article, but for now, no. <laughs> right? Come Again, on. it's out there, but that's the thread of this conversation. It's all out there. Yeah, we, we have yeah. no idea. Well, he uh, he's had a couple of guys on that have worked in area. Was it fifty nine? Is that what's what's the area? Area fifty one. Area fifty one. Yeah. Um, that you know have broken their NDAs and have sworn Whoa. that you know aliens they they've deconstructed alien spacecraft and through deconstructing alien spacecraft that they can't figure out how, how it works uh and that they've you know recovered aliens yeah there's a few podcasts out there there's a guy named bob lazar okay he was on with Rogan. I think, yeah he posted that recently he's yeah. from michigan uh go figure yeah go what do you know <laughs> and but but no yeah to the point there's there, there's people out there that are like yeah this is you know it's here but anyway 
Uh, don't want to go too we down. We digress. We digress. Yeah. <laughs> we'll save that for outside this, this the podcast. This isn't a conspiracy theory podcast. <laughs> so this is Jared Solowski's podcast. Uh, all right, man. Oh, here's uh, here's a favorite question of mine that I, I try to ask everybody. Okay. Um, so you might be semi-primed for it if you listened to one of these before coming on. Yeah, I've listened to a couple. Wait, who have you listened to out of curiosity? Dave. Dave. Jeremiah. And then maybe one of... Who was the first? Kyle Whitaker. Okay. Uh, I know I for sure listened to the first one, Chunks of Dave's, and then all of Jeremiah's, because I was like, I gotta, I gotta hear what happens. I mean, your homies with Jeremiah. <laughs> exactly. I'm sure he'll listen to all of this, too. So. I hope so. Uh, so, if you could have dinner with anybody dead or alive, who would it be and why? William McKinley. Our president. I'm related to him. What? Yeah. Really? So he's like a great, 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 great uncle. Really? Yeah. So Mom or dad side? Dad side. How, where is he from? So, man, I got. I really got to go do like the Ancestry.com yeah. and everything to really get the for sure connectivity. But if you go on my dad's side, so my dad's mom, her mother is was Ursula McKinley. So my great grandma. Ursula. Ursula McKinley. Okay. Uh, she died in 96. I knew her for about, you know, first seven and nine years of my life or whatever it was. <clears throat> and I was close with her and I got to learn a lot from her. But it's, that's the link is that it's like her connective side of the family. Wow. Yeah. What would you ask him? What was it like in that time in America? When was he president? I don't know. He was before know. Teddy. Let me look it up. He's the 25th, I believe. I'm, I should know this. I did like a middle school project and I dressed up as him and gave that whole kind of, you know, fold out papers. Um, 25th president. Yeah, 25th. So, was right on that one. Interesting. It was of the new uh, century. So from 1897 to 1901. Yeah. So turn of the century. What was it like? Like right before the Great Depression? Because he was, correct me if I'm wrong, was he assassinated? I don't think so. He died in like, what, 1908? Oh, until his assassination in 1901. You're right. Oh, one. Okay. Was shot in the grounds of the Pan American Exposition at the Temple of Music in Buffalo, New York. Yeah. Wow. So, like, just imagine talking to someone, even from that time, doesn't even have to, let alone a president of the United States, but if we're, like, again, for sure related, that's it could be a, I don't know, a fascinating conversation. He's from yeah. Ohio. That's where it said he's born. Yeah. So, so, I mean, it makes sense, you know, being in Michigan, Midwest. That's a cool answer. Yeah. yeah William McKinley. Mm-hmm. Nice. I was, you know, props to you to even know it's a president. <laughs> well, I think some people today, like, I, dude, I, can't, I don't know if I can name all presidents. Like, and that's terrible as an American to say, but. If I, I could. Um, I could do the states. <laughs> presidents? I, I don't know, man. Can you do the capitals? No. No chance. No chance. I'm not gonna. No, no I'm I'm great at the capitals. I'd say, but uh, wow. presidents, I would recognize their name, but in terms of rattling them off, I think I'd get like twenty percent of them. But if if I if somebody said the name, I'd be like, oh yeah, that was a president. You know? Right. Yeah. I think that's yeah. fair. Yeah. And then McKinley is also uh, it's a mountain. Correct. I believe in Alaska. No, no, no. Where's Mount McKinley? Is it in the United States? I think I have a lot. So there's technology. gonna be people listening to this to be like, "It's freaking here!" Yeah, you idiots. Mount McKinley. I'm googling this. Um, but yeah, I think it. I just think it'd be fascinating. You know, yeah, it's one. He's a president. If we are for sure related, is fascinating. And mm-hmm. just kind of going through that lineage, and then again, what was it like in the turn of that century versus us? Right, like we learned, we lived through the next one. It sounds like a lot of 
bathing in big tubs and wearing <laughs> wearing suits every day. And Sweating a lot of through d- them. Domestic violence. Yeah, just, <laughs> I don't know. Not clean. I have no idea. Probably not. Just a lot of sweat. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of grime. A lot of grime. <laughs> no, no light bulbs. When was electricity invented? I don't know, actually. Yeah, this is not making us sound like intellectuals. No, it's <laughs> The not. more we go into this. New question. <laughs> Let's move on. Next. Uh, I actually only have a few left, man. Yeah, no worries. Um, it's been fun. All right, we got a deep one for you. Hit me. So what quality do you see in other people that you do not see in yourself? Man, you really got these deep. Um, what quality do I see in others that I do not see in myself? It's a very introspective question. So people in the past. Yeah, give me some, give me some juice to work with. Yeah, so so people in the past they've said things along the lines of like, "I'm an introvert. Uh, I uh, I'm not charismatic, and a lot of people are charismatic, and I don't feel like I embody mm, that quality." Other people it. say, "Patience." You know, I, that was mine. It is mine's was yours? patience. Patience. But yeah, that's why I was hoping I can jump in before you said it. But oh no, go for it. Yeah, I and again, I don't know if this is a. Oh part of our generation the way i was raised or what it is i don't know the answer but i'm just not a patient person and it's for anything right like it could be in a conversation like derek you're getting down the path of a conversation you're getting to a point like i just want you to get to the point let's let's get there right i'm not even patient with that i'm not patient with goals i have like like you name it like the whole spectrum of patience has been something i've always struggled with so again, thread a conversation earlier, Leah having patience with kids and little girls that are dramatic or whatever, mm. or even patient with parents and dealing with, you know, conflict or whatever it is. Like, right. That just for me is just like, I admire that. Cause I'm like, I don't know. You put me in that situation. Could I deal with it? Sure. But I don't think I'm gonna like the outcome because I'm not a patient person. I dude, I, I see a lot of myself in you in that regard too. Really? You know? Like, well, we're both very, we're busy bodies. Mm-hmm. We, we hop from project to project a lot, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I'm like you, man. I'm, I'm not very patient, you know? Yeah, but, but who really is? Like, that's the thing that I wish I really had that answer of like, all right, who do I look to to say, you know what? That's like, it, whether it's even a public figure, whether it's an yeah. old time, I can pick up a book and learn from him. Like, is it a Ben Franklin? Like, who's patient? Who's known as the patient person? Like a Dalai Lama? That's, <laughs> like, great. That's a great point, man. I think that... Monks? Well, yeah. I don't know. But there's, again, is that... Can you learn a lot from studying a monk? Sure. I'm sure you could, right? But like, what's tangible enough to really apply? Right. And have applied knowledge. So I think that for me is the heart of like, all right, who's the... Who's the, you know, Mother Mary of patience? Hey, you never know, dude. There, there very well could be people out here in your circle listening to this mm. uh, who Crowd know, know you better than I know you and uh, are probably thinking to themselves right now, no, Jared's patient. I don't know what you're talking about, you know? So, <laughs> Well, if you are that person and you are listening, that, please reach out to me because <laughs> I do not see me as that. Easter egg. Yeah. <laughs> Jared will Venmo you one dollar if you re- reach out to him. I'll up it to ten. Ten dollars, you reach out. Whoa, all right. His words, not mine. <laughs> all right. Uh, hey, tell me a little bit about your family, bro. Yeah. So, mom, dad, together. Shoot, how many years has it been? I think there are thirty-five-ish. Long time. Wow. Yeah, got an older sister, Jordan, had a baby. She is awesome, Kaylee Rose. Nice. 
she's about seven months now. Yeah, seven months as of yesterday. Um, congrats, I know that. congrats to being an uncle. Thank you. That's been the most wonderful thing. And that's my one of my things I'm thankful for when it comes to COVID. It brought me home. Didn't miss any of that. The birth, yeah. everything, right? Like that was massively important to me. And then sure. definitely another reason why I came home was family, right? Um, what was the question? I don't even remember now. Oh, it was just simple. Like, tell me about your family. Oh, yeah. Older sister, Jordan. She's had a baby recently. They just got a house. Just awesome place in life for them right now. Uh, younger sister that graduated from Grand Valley, graduated three and a half years like I did, which was awesome. Nice. Um, so she's working in the working world, trying to figure out and navigate what that means, which is so cool. Um, because, you know, it's like your little sister. I always saw her as that little annoying, <laughs> stop talking and let me hang out with my friends kind of thing to now full-fledged adult, paying bills, doing her thing, figuring out her, you know, her place in the world, which is just really cool. Um, but then for the most part, most of my extended family too is all right around in our area. Uh, a couple out of state but yeah yeah very close-knit have our traditions and things like that so cool man yeah very nice absolutely it sounds like a wonderful family i'd, I'd love to, to meet the, the rest of the saluski someday like i said you gotta come so, to the east side you're such a west sider since you've been home i'm a west boy yeah you what are. can i say you know i don't blame you we were out here but not we but my sisters you, were out here you so. got huron i got michigan <laughs> <laughs> fair enough fair enough yeah yeah i mean we don't go to huron but yeah really Nah, we go up to uh, one of two of my dad's brothers, my uncles, have places at Houghton Lake. So right, that's oh, smack in the middle. I'm familiar with Houghton Lake. Yep. I, I don't, I don't know if I've been, but uh, I, I have people in my circle that are that go there all the time. Yeah, Houghton and Higgins because right next to each other. Higgins, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I've been to Higgins. For Higgins sure. is beautiful because it's like the clear water you can so see down. Clear, dude. And it's oh. like it's I don't I guess it's more like old timer in the sense of like it's not party scene, so it's like anyone that's on the water it's way more mellow vibe like right, it's houghton's the, the party let's let's get it? down yeah 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 it's kind of like torch yeah i don't know i'm familiar over there on the west side just like north of here right Traverse but, city-ish correct yeah boy right way up there no i don't think i've ever been so yeah it's, but i've heard the, the, the west siders uh that that's known as like the place to go to send it right? yeah i forgot who i was just talking to that's going up there um Literally in the last week, they mentioned Torch Lake, and I was like, <laughs> "Okay, yeah, I can know yeah. what you're doing up there." <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. Well, hey man, uh, last question for you. What do we I got? think uh, we're gonna wrap it up, but what are you? What are you grateful for? Oh, I, I love that you do this. I totally forgot, and I I'm so glad I'm not prepared for it <laughs> because it's like it's gonna be raw and real. Um, Good. What am I grateful for? Um, I'm grateful to be back home in Michigan, surrounded with my family, people that, you know, love and care about me. So that support system and having access to it. Now that I've been home a year, I feel that way differently. And it was something that I knew I would crave and I'm glad I'm back and getting it. Um, So, yeah, I would say definitely being around friends and family has been something I'm the most grateful for recently. Yeah, man. It gives you that. I mean, you know how it is now that you're back home on the west side, right? Like. It's the love, it's the confidence, it's the... It's hard to explain. It's it's just being very, very comfortable. Yeah. You know? Which, again, is also a little bit of a fear too, right? I'm not trying to get too comfortable because we're always well, in that growth change mindset. You Right, right. You can you can stay... This is environment comfortability. 100%. You know, which very is... Very accurate way to put it. You, you don't have to, like, push yourself to make yourself uncomfortable in your environment, you know? Correct. Unless you're preparing to go to war, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or which, something, but thank God we don't have to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, to 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 your point, like you're 
from, from what I know about you and mm-hmm. our conversations today, like you're still pushing yourself and driving and growing in all uh, facets of your life. And so I applaud you for that, man. Thank you, man. No, I yeah. appreciate it. Thanks for, thanks for having me on. Thanks yeah, for Yeah. Did you have fun? Hell yeah, dude. All right. Nice. <laughs> this is, uh, how do you feel? Man, I feel good. It's so fascinating. We were talking about it, but the way you can get into your own zone and reality and it's it's cool, man. I, I definitely suggest people do it, whether it's just for the fun of it to say you did it or if you take it seriously. I think it's a cool exercise a lot of people should do. It's an exercise. I, I've never heard it described as that, but I love that. I'm going to steal it. <laughs> hey, man. It's an exercise. Hey, good artist copy, great artist steal. Fair enough. So first time you use it, give your boy some credit. But after right. that, roll with it. Of course, I'll give you a shout out. You know it, man. Yeah. All right, bro. Well, hey, that was Jared Saluski, and we are signing off.